live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude. We are the father and son TTRPG podcast, and we are delighted to be joined today with Johnny Ree and Jason Roy, the founders of Bouncy Rock Entertainment and the main developers of Tailspire. What's up, fellas? Good to have you here. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. It is an absolute pleasure, guys. And you guys have created something that, as someone who loves TTRPGs and you know has been trying to find a solution for VTTs and things like that for a while, is just blown away by what you guys have created and the potential that is here with with Tailspire and, and what's coming out of Bouncy Rock. Um, but I'd love to actually ask you guys, you know, obviously this didn't just appear out of nowhere. This probably came from a long developmental process of you guys, you know, coming up with the idea and then working down the road. I would really love what inspired you guys to push forward and create some sort of like virtual tabletop, three-dimensional virtual tabletop space that allows for, you know, all these different TTRPGs to be played in using your guys' technology. What, what, what led you to here? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Do you want to start, uh, Jason? Sure. Uh, I'll start by saying we did not set out to make this at all. <laughs> so uh, this this came about really the first um, the first iteration was was something that was supposed to be a mobile game, kind of akin to uh, if you look at some of the old well old not really but uh, Castle Ravenloft board game you know the with the modular dungeon tiles and things like that it was you know i set out to kind of create something like that that you could play in like the lunch line if you wanted to something with tiles miniatures and dice and uh it kind of evolved from there into a more uh well something that is something that's we went from that to like more even more video gamey I remember Johnny put together like a PowerPoint presentation to show uh, just, you know, what he was thinking about. And, uh, you know, as that's kind of evolved even more um, with multiplayer and things like that, it just, it took on a life of its own. And uh, that's kind of the short answer because it's been a long time in the making. Uh, Johnny, yeah, what, what, what do you think, man? Yeah. Yeah. I was in, cause yeah, I think it's, like the first stuff we posted about Tailspire was back in 2016, um, at, at which point it was a, uh, it was just a side project to to the stuff that we were doing. Uh, we've been making prototypes and uh, playing together for a very long time, uh, over several decades, um, and we wanted to like make something because we we've been under this like um, mindset that we wanted to. Create something that was small enough uh, for us to actually finish. So we were doing a lot of these projects that we did, didn't necessarily care that much about, uh, but we felt like, oh, they they have the right scope for the things we want to do uh, and, and things like that. So uh, we decided that let's just go for something that we can be passionate about and like did not really care about the, the size of it or how long it's going to take or whatnot. We'll just have something that we enjoy working on. And, uh, and Jason came up with this um, this idea of having, through this this thing that he was talking about, having a, a miniature aesthetic. So basically thinking like, oh, how people are 
playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons after table, but only as an aesthetic initially. So we would have, um, uh, yeah, things, the dungeon tiles and things like that that would look quite physical and, and miniatures that would look pretty physical. And uh, me coming from very much like a um, technical arts uh, background, um, thought that that was a, a excellent idea, not just because of the uh, the visual aspect of it, which was really cool in itself, but it also would allow us to create a lot of content if we cut out things like rigging and animation, which is like a huge part of making characters and creatures in video games. Mm. Um, so that part appealed to me and it's like, okay, we can do this and create a ton of content really fast. So what we ended up doing was this prototype. And the prototype was based around, so we had we had multiplayer in really early on. And this is, when I say prototype, it's it's a thing that's held together with like just string and <laughs> a bit of tape, not even duct tape, just like uh, a see-through see stuff that's not particularly hardy, right? Um, so it works exactly for what we're trying to do. We were just trying to play a thing. So we recorded ourselves uh, running a, just through a dungeon, a dungeon that we placed out um, with this dynamic of, one person sort of uh, playing as as like a um, a game master type of situation where you can spawn in monsters and things like that. So on my end, I had um, like spawn points for different creatures, and then I would also play one of the characters. But we will would then more like a board game, uh, like the ones that uh, Jason mentioned Hero and some Quest. others as well. Yeah, yeah. More maybe more like hero quest. Yeah. Where you would time. go through and then you would reveal a thing and then the creature would stop and pop up and we would have um some dice to roll and a simple sort of combat system. Um uh, that wasn't even automated. We just had like physical dice that we would roll around. Mm -hmm. And we had a bunch, I think it was like the twelves maybe, because they felt really it, satisfying in, in like a yes. you picked up a bunch of them. And uh the uh system was Closer to something like Descent, where you mm -hmm. have like shields and swords and things on the uh, on the die, and you would roll and you were trying to get over the defense of the, uh, the creatures. And we ran through that, and we were like sort of telling a story as we were going through uh, this uh, this prototype work that we made, and it was a lot of fun. So we decided then that we want to like push this further and see like how like where we can take this, and we played a ton of. Neverwinter Nights back in the day, and Neverwinter Nights too. Um, I uh, we that's how we started. Bouncy Rock, technically Bouncy Rock, started out as a modding team uh, mm -hmm. back in the day, and um, and we made some modules, and we had a lot of fun in that space. And that was another thing I wanted to bring in, uh, being able to like build your own levels and mm -hmm. and sort of have maybe even bringing in like the multiplayer aspect because we have that in the in the demo as well. Um, so. We started posting on Twitter with like these gifs from just characters moving around, dice rolling around, and all that stuff, and and people got incredibly excited hmm. about probably other things that we were creating because they saw the thing that we were posting gifs of, and, and their imagination went everywhere. What this could yes. be, and one of the things that ended up resonating with us was the idea of this being a virtual tabletop. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, it would be so good to have this be a vertical, uh, like a, a virtual tabletop, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and uh, and be able to like play D and D and stuff in this this type of like with these types of visuals. Um, 
So with that, the thing shifted a little bit in our mind. It's like, oh, yeah, it would be really cool to have something like this. Yeah. So more focus was put on the ability to build dungeons, the ability to sort of just just have nice ways of rolling dice and, and, and making a, a a very like gamified experience. So we wanted yeah. people to feel uh, like they could go in there and still it felt a little bit more like a video game maybe uh, mm-hmm. than just being around the table and let's focus on on uh, the immersion into this table space. Um, so that's how it came about in my mind, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's obviously it's... a lot of things ha- happened between there and, and now. Um, yeah. And we can absolutely get in on that as well, but I feel like I've spoken yeah. a lot. Uh, at this no, point. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take a small break and, and I'll <laughs> and yeah. recover a little bit. No, 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 no. That, dude, thank you for all that information. That was, that was awesome. Go for it. <laughs> to your point about, you know, this this concept of we did not expect or understand how the hell we got here. You know, there's a journey of you know problem solving and passion and this kind of winding road that eventually gets us to lining up what we could have as a business model, but also something we love working on, and also perhaps looking at the market and seeing an opportunity. All of those things are factoring in. And it sounds like you guys were very much on that journey. I think from my perspective in this space, one of the things when I look at VTTs, there's this balance of super cool stuff, um, but also maintaining or preserving the essence of the game. Um, And so this balance of like, and it also depends on people's you know preferences. Some people are really into role playing. Some people are really into mechanics and all this other stuff. But certainly that is the bit that that if I'm looking at this product from the outside, I'm considering okay, how um, how well do you accommodate for me as a role playing lover or me as a you know, a minimaxer or, or those types of things. Can you can you kind of talk about what your journey, your kind of meetings behind the scenes contemplations have been regarding that, you know, that spectrum, that that balance question? Yeah. I was saying, is there something you'd like to chime in on first, Jason? Uh no, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I think our our focus uh, with Tailspire was was always around um, helping fill in the play space in a way for mm. like fee- uh yeah let's see I need to think about this a little bit yeah um, well like the most important thing that we've set out to do was to make you feel like you're actually at the table with your friends um, yeah and the physicality and tactileness of of what we what we have like the the assets really do kind of lend to that to that feeling and uh we've been primarily focused in the initial development of tailspire on that aspect of development to to like the feel of the game um and we really haven't been focused yet on systems or automation, any of those kinds of things. Uh, mm. It's really been about navigating uh, the 3D space that you mm. have in Tailspire and, and, and making that feel that uh, when you're in it and like, you know, like I'm talking like a half hour into a game, it, it just, it, you know, 
it's like if you, if you looked up, you could see, you know, your friends around you because just because of the way that the miniatures move around mm. and, and how things feel, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. It's really cool. I, I, I like that personally, um, about Tailspire. That's my like favorite bit. Uh, and I noticed that when we play our games, it really does kind of feel like I'm, I'm, you know, kind of back at the table because I do have a, uh, you know, a physical group and then a virtual group and, and the virtual group is, is really just bouncy rock, you know, yeah, and, yeah. uh, and so we, you know, we play this game together, not nearly as much as we should, honestly, we, we yeah. don't play Tailspire enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, and I think uh, just to add a little bit about that, it's like it's amazing how much expression you can get out of uh, of out of the creatures and the things inside of the game, and that was part of that feel. And uh, to me, it really dives into uh, the the like Tailspire itself when I'm playing, and it's a very different experience to me uh, than playing at the table, even if it's sort of um, yeah, the the fact that everyone can express themselves. Uh, in in like a nice way through their characters, I, I think it's really really nice. Um, and now I've somewhat forgotten what the original question was. Uh, no, that's all right. It's it was just about. I think you answered it, um, Jason. Certainly, I got it. It was about balancing role play and just other just kind of people's preferences on how they want to approach a VTT. But I certainly got, you know, what we've we've you know, watched and seen, and um, we haven't played Tail Tailspire, but we've certainly had a bit of research behind it and seen some of the the dynamics of the immersiveness of the the 3D landscapes, and they're cool. They're super cool. I mean, the 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 panning shots and some of the other bits and pieces that we've looked at are very cinematic, and um, and they do pull you in. So there's an aspect of that that takes care of the role playing thing. Like part of role playing to me is like preparation, like getting, mm -hmm. like understanding your environment, relying on your DM to create an environment at times, right? And it feel like you guys have gone a long way in supporting that for the DM, but also for the players. It feels like, it feels like in an interesting way, like it's a different skill base for a GM or, or DM to have. Like, you know, a, a GM who's gonna play, you know, paper and pen style is likely going to need to be able to describe in vast amounts of detail the area that they're in and what's in the room and you know if there's clues and you know seed things and do all that kind of stuff it feels like what tailspire brings actually to the table which is really interesting is a modular like customizability that you know in some ways you know gms who don't have artists working for them or people creating battle maps or things like that don't have the availability to do so but with this the the skill that you end up picking up is instead of maybe you know perfecting your descriptive skills you know you can then build these beautiful environments these you know amazing maps and dungeons and things that you guys allow to be created through the you know many different pieces slabs collections you know all those different parts that you guys have out there um and it becomes a skill then of like, as a GM, how good can I build the map in this world? You know, so then when we're all sat at the, you know, sat at the computer playing, you know, um, I can maybe go a little bit easier on my description and I can let them, you know, or you, you know, you, you managed to get through the door. You guys are through into the next room. Cool. This is what you guys can see. I, I know you guys have like um, different, uh, different things that allow, for example, like dark vision and all, all, all the other bits and bulbs that exist within, uh, within stuff. Um, but I think you know it, it just creates a different a no. different skill set, which I think is really interesting. For now, sure, I, I think you're right. I think it 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 takes away some of the fundamental description required and setting mm. a scene, but it also allows you as a DM. If you're a DM that really likes 
to mm. be very descriptive or very storytelly. Um, you can do that in a different way that supports the Talespire. Allow you to get into characters a little bit more. You're not worrying about the environment and the space and like you know things like that as much. I think you know it allows you to get into character a little bit more and, yeah. and role play to, to to greater depths. You know, you you guys have been using this for you know I assume for a while for your games and things like that. Is there anything like any kind of aspect of it at the moment that is like your favorite bit? You know, is it you know the fact that you can use AOE spells and you know create this beautiful kind of like cone effect that you can actually see in three dimension which you know as as players and gms you know is super super awesome what what if at the moment is is something that you guys are loving about what this is bringing to your guys table when you do play in your in your groups that you guys just mentioned together there is there okay so the uh, like three dimensional space in in mm. general is tricky in uh, tabletop role playing games mm. And uh, and that is a thing that we've seen both in our games and I've heard a lot of people talk about. Like we haven't we haven't fully solved three D space. Uh, it's mm. an incredibly difficult thing to do right. We I think we have uh, managed to get pretty far in that. But having a true three dimensional space when playing uh, within like vertical things, being a tower, being just like traveling underneath the city in the sewers and things like that and actually get a sense for where you are um, mm. is incredibly valuable. Um, and that is absolutely one of my favorite parts mm. about uh, playing in Tailspire, the vertical, the verticalness, the fact the actual mm. uh, visualization of the 3D space. And that lends itself well with the rulers that we have as, as well, because you can, uh, they're sort of built around this idea that uh, everything is in, in 3D. Um, I think my absolute favorite thing, though, it might just be like both rolling dice and wiggling the character around. So, um, <laughs> so I think that's that would be my ultimate answer to it. That yeah. is a player yeah. answer. I, 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 would, <laughs> I have heard safe. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the fundamentals, man. Uh, basically, you know, kind of like what we set out to do originally, and and that mm -hmm. is, yeah, yeah, three uh, D, three D, you know, uh, the, the dice physics and and the mini physics are absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with those. So uh, th those would probably be mine as well, uh, from a play aspect for sure. Yeah, mm. that's that's awesome, and you know, it's one of those things I think that sometimes for me gets lost with things like D and D Beyond and other VTTs, like especially the dice rolling element. I know uh, from, from watching your guys' content, it looks like your dice have virtual weight, which is something that I really appreciate. I feel like other VTTs, dice almost, you know, you get that kind of like weird animation-like effect where things almost look like they don't have correct weight or like bouncing and things like that. It just looks a little bit odd. But from what I've seen from your guys' stuff, it looks it looks really, really clean. Your, your, your dice rolling uh, animations and, and uh, effects are awesome. I want to ask, because... Um, I, I tried looking about to try and find it. I'm not sure if I was just looking in the wrong places, but what is the engine that you've built this on? Is this like Unity, Unreal? Like what, what, what engine have you guys built this on? Is this one that you've created? I'm super, super curious about that. I, I guess the fact that it's not super obvious is, is a bit of a conflict, mm. but it is, um, it's totally. uh, built on Unity. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're uh, like, personally, I've developed in Unity for a very long time and I've been, mm -hmm. I've been on projects that do Unreal, but the main reason why we're on Unity is just because of my extensive knowledge of the API of having used Unity for yeah. a very long time. Um, we're incredibly fortunate to have tools, the tools that we have today to be able to create video games and, uh, mm. and we've, we've landed on Unity as ours. 
that's that's awesome yeah and it's a good choice it's a really really good choice and what you guys have created looks absolutely stunning you know i think you know you you mentioned you're from a technical art perspective johnny i i love the fact that you know when we look at tailspire the lighting in it is just so cinematic so dramatic it, it adds a lot to like a lot of the dungeons that you guys have put in you know the textures and things that you're adding to you know the grounds and the walls and things it's just really really beautiful and i think you know you can clearly see the one, you're, you can see the extensive knowledge and you can also see that that technical art idea as well coming into it and, and the, the degrees at which you guys have done that. You know, it's not like we're looking at RuneScape. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's not exactly, you know, like flat polygons, do you know what I mean, all over the place. It's, it's you, you've, you've done a really great job, you know, with the tools that you have and obviously the experience that you have to turn this into something that looks spectacular when uh when, when it's when it's being played and used mm. uh, i had a question too we're we're certainly not in the same space as you but as far as models mm. are we're considering something that you it looks like you have dipped into a little bit so we're we're um in the process of doing a kickstarter and part of that kickstarter is having a ship builder application and when we cast our eye down the road we are considering some sort of either marketplace or place for creatives to come and build content for our platform. And it looks like you guys have already mm -hmm. kind of dipped your toe into that area of the Tales Bazaar and and had a place for people to, you know, to create their slabs and their collections and their boards. And so talk a little bit about what um what the what the original idea was and then casting your eye forward, what that will look like down the road as well once you know, once you get that critical mass of people not just playing but creating and having that synergy of of access to a marketplace. Uh, yeah. So as far as the the modding aspect of Tailspire was also always we always kept that in mind uh, mm. when creating even the earlier versions of it, and that's why that's the reason why we have organized assets very separate from the uh, main game itself. We have like a we have. Uh, what we've been calling Tailweaver, which is this uh, Unity project, which we use internally to import basically all of the assets into the game. Mm -hmm. And this is what we were planning on releasing to the public for modding. Uh, now, mm. it's been a long time uh, coming and it's it's still not ready for for actually for people to use this. And, and the main reason for that is there are thing, things that we need to nail down. There's things mm that we're not 100% sure whether or not is the right approach data-wise uh, mm. in, in Tailspire. And we're getting pretty close to the point now where we feel like we might have nailed it down, or at least mm. sort of we know what the path there is um, so that we can start releasing the tools needed for people to import their own creatures and make their own tile sets and stuff like that. Now, there were certain like milestones in in Tailspire as far as uh, let's say a like uh, player created content is concerned, mm -hmm. the uh, sharing of slabs what was a huge one, and that was um, that was all on Chris, uh, aka Baggers, because uh, mm -hmm. he uh, made made the string system where you could just copy a thing and you could just send the string and you can paste it in and you get like the same. Yeah. the same configuration of tiles and props on the other end and that paved the way for things like um uh, for uh, tails bizarre and, and tails tab and and, mm -hmm. and and that 
basically made uh, not only creating things, but also building things in general in Tailspire a lot much more satisfying because uh, mm. it is really daunting to start a campaign and now having to build out an area because we haven't quite uh, gotten there as far as uh, making building in Tailspire. Building in Tailspire is incredibly fun, mm. but much like civilization, like suddenly it's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, the time passes incredibly fast when you're building. Uh, it's incredibly satisfying. But when, if your end goal is to like play tomorrow, then yeah. building an entire, like let's say three or four scenes is, uh, is incredibly time consuming. So enabling people to just go online and pick up things that they can just start with, or even mm. they might find the things that are connected to the campaign that they're playing if they're playing an adventure. But just being able to combine a few things and then just go in and modify it is also mm. incredibly satisfying. And it's also like the time-saving aspect of that is, is, is amazing. So that was a big deal. And yeah. uh, now recently, um, we released, uh, or actually it's in beta at the moment, uh, which is these uh, symbiotes, which are, it's basically a browser running um, on the side of the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's a browser in how it works, meaning that people can build plugins using HTML and JavaScript, and mm-hmm. being able to connect to other services, but also being able to talk to the game or at least get information out of the game, so that they can query things like uh, like what character is currently selected, and uh, like they can put uh, dice in the hand of the player, and they can also like communicate between players through these symbols. So that enables people to do things that we're not planning to do in quite a while, like like in- mm. integrating um, uh, like uh, character systems, like uh, in- implementing systems in general, and uh, and also there might be uh, other things that they requested. Mm. That uh, is something that we're ne- not necessarily planning to do yet, or it's like way down the road, the road, and they can implement that in a way that. Um, yeah, it doesn't take ages like it does with us a lot of times. Mm. We we find that uh, whenever we implement things, we need to we need to at least do like a really good first attempt at implementing something. So mm. it takes us a lot longer than than someone who can iterate on it a little bit faster. So that's different. That's different than like you know the usual one point We'll just throw it out there and uh, and and assume that it's going to be buggy as hell for the next six months and frustrate the <laughs> hell out of our community. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to respect that, man. When, when when big game developers are out there just just throwing literally just there. throwing a freaking bag of dirt out into the crowd <laughs> and being like, "Go for it, guys!" Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's one of those things that no, I appreciate that you guys put your effort into that and and that that's something you're thinking about as well because. Again, it feels like with a lot of these bigger companies, it's an afterthought, you know, as opposed to, you know, they want to get the money first and develop later, where it sounds like you guys are about making this as good as possible, you know, for for your people, you know, as, as yeah. you're it. As in, I would say that the game development in general is, is pretty tough. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and it's, I mean, like, personally, I'm not particularly happy with the state mm-hmm. of a lot of things uh, that we mm-hmm. put out. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and people, I understand the frustration when things take a long time um, because yeah, it does. And part part of that obviously is that we do want it to be uh, pretty decent and and not 
break a whole lot uh, and things like that. But also, I, I do feel like the state of the game is it's very much like early access uh, yeah. in the sense mm -hmm. that there are there are definitely things we have out there that I'm not happy with and that we're going to be revisiting at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's it's tough. And do you know what though? That's part that's part of the process. You know, it's something. So you know, we're 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 not developing a game. We're working on a, a book and a supplement for for D and D. And something we found is, you know, throughout that process, you didn't know something was wrong until, or or, or you weren't happy with it until you find a solution that's better than it, and then you start going back and being like, ah, oh, well, that 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 sucks, you know. And, yeah. and so yeah. that's all you do. I, I feel <laughs> that you know that's that, that's all that's all part of the journey, man. And I I think you know where you guys are at at the moment is spectacular. It's it's something that you know. And I I, I want to ask you a question because you know I'm sure you guys saw like I did the video released by WotC. Um, when the one D and D stuff came out, talking about their VTT that they're going to be creating this three dimensional space and you know all this stuff that sounds very similar to what you know yeah what what you're doing. How how do you guys one you know how did you guys react to that news? Also two like how are you guys planning on you know obviously you currently probably are are massively ahead of them in terms of you've you've had time to work on this where they. You know, have probably been developing it for a lot shorter time, considering the big D and D boom really happened. But um, also, you know, D and D probably has like, an army of fucking developers that are, yeah, you know, that, yeah, that are, true. you know, so it's, there's there's all those considerations. It's, to, right? it's totally true. I, yeah, how how are you guys feeling about that on your end? So we, I mean, it was, you know, since we started this, it was it was inevitable, right? Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. they already tried their hand at the three D space you know, way back in mm. fourth edition, right? Which, yeah. um, yeah. And so seeing this, I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was just a matter of time really. And, mm. um, it, it's not, you know, we, we, it's not like, you know, we want to be in direct competition with them. We're not trying to create the non-parel of, of VTTs or, or anything yeah. like that. Um, we're just kind of doing our own thing and going mm -hmm. to continue doing our own thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah that's 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 kind of about it i mean it's 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 <laughs> some of the comments i mean you know in in the in their videos you can you, you see a lot of tailspire being mentioned which is flattering uh yeah, when, yeah. you know yeah yeah totally. and uh yeah no, i i i feel like similarly I, it doesn't really change our trajectory mm -hmm. um as far as like uh I mean, it would be really cool to see something that's really solid that has access to like all D and D, uh, all of the yeah. creatures, all of the and and it being good. Um, it uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle, like especially user created content and things like that, and how mm. they handle building. And we are working quite hard on and off to try to figure out a three dimensional fog of war. Like fog of war that works well in yeah. three dimensions, and it would be nice if they just solved that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a it's a trick. It's an incredibly tricky problem. Um, yeah. So uh, it's in that case we could just like look at something and see, okay, this is how we uh, we're going to solve this. Because we've found ourselves in in a lot of situations where we're doing stuff that's not necessarily already out there. We can't really look at, oh, this is something like. This game did it this way, or uh, yeah, so yeah. there's been a lot of new things for us, um, and uh, 
it's it's going to be interesting to see how they solve some of those problems. And I'm talking things like building, for instance, building yeah. uh, like massive worlds. Uh, now, the massive world aspect of Tailspire, uh, it, it might not be necessary, but when we did the alpha, that's what people did. They built uh, like yeah. these huge things and these continuous things. So yeah. uh, we decided that we had to uh, support that. And that was not trivial. It was not trivial uh-huh. being able to uh, like place that many assets and, and have it sort of like run decent and uh, yeah. and also just how to handle vertical space. That's uh-huh. still something that we're working hard on, and we and we're not like at least I'm not happy with how it's handled at the moment. And uh-huh. there's some ideas of how it should be or we should rather be handled, which we're going to start experimenting with a little bit later. Um, and uh, yeah, it would be fun to see other people solving those issues. And, and, yeah. and they should have, like, they, they're great people over there. There's like really creative mm. people. Uh, there's uh, great engineers. And uh, if they're able to sort of uh, figure those things out, it's going to be interesting to see how other people end up solving it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And as a fan of D, i mean i i wouldn't I, i'd like to try it as as well if they if there was a solid curse of strahd experience you know um mm. or something like that that would be really fun to play you know? yeah um but, but I, I think as t- totally ultimately uh yeah ultimately uh we're just you know we're gonna stick to our course of, of being like rule agnostic and uh working on supporting uh play uh, player creating content. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. I was just going to say. That's kick you know, ass. Your your offering to the community is different, right? Because yeah. you are rule agnostic. Um, you also mentioned some things that you know one D and D or whatever they want to call it has not really addressed, which is world building. We've seen some really cool trailer stuff that has been built already, but like what happens with and especially homebrew stuff, you know, like what 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 is the mechanism for that? So I think you mentioned some really good things, and then ultimately. D&D is one piece of the puzzle. It is a big, big piece of the puzzle, but it ain't the whole puzzle, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you're going to have your own community that loves the things that you do. And if you're passionate about doing what you mm-hmm. do, then you'll hold your community, whether it's D&D players or other system mm-hmm. players. Um, on that point, like I'm just picturing, so you've mentioned verticality a couple times, Johnny. So it, from our perspective, our, our offering, and this is, let's say, as a consumer, you know, sort of question to you that you might see in your you know, in your forums or in your Discord, um, we we are putting together a um, a sky combat, sort of like a um, vehicle combat system, and aspects of it are in vertical space. So some certainly some aspects will be in you know on land based space, but certainly others could be in the sky, could be uh, in the sea, could be in space. You know those types of things. How would we perhaps not today, but how would we down the road once the verticality thing a verticality thing is is kind of really figured out. How would we be able to incorporate our system, or would others users be able to incorporate our system into Tailspire? Yeah. So as far as the vertical space goes, um, that is like it's completely functional at this point. You can build hmm. uh, like really vertical things and have them. You could have like space battles that are where they're at like different sort of. Uh, elevation. Well, now I, yeah, I was, I, I was going to say a, a elevation, and I realize we're dealing with space now, so there's some limitations. <laughs> we, we do, we do assume gravity uh, being one axis, uh, so yeah. in in that sense, it's sort of. But as far as like different uh, verticality and stuff like that, um, that's absolutely possible today. I think the 
the thing that's coming in the future uh, that's going to be most like beneficial for the aspect of vehicle battles in space mm. is what we uh, what we're calling um, subworlds at the moment, uh, which are the ability to build um, sections of a map on its own sort of board and being able to move that around physically in mm. uh, like around different things. So you could build a ship and then being able to move that entire ship uh, like separate from the rest of the map. So we don't exactly know when we're going to be able to implement that, but that's something that's, that we're definitely going to do in the future, yeah. uh, especially for things like uh, airships and, and just yeah. scouts and, yeah. uh, and vehicles in general. Super cool. Do, do you know what? That sounds that sounds amazing. Right up our street, man. When 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 you guys uh when you guys do that, I'm I'm gonna be hopping over. For <laughs> damn sure, that sounds that sounds amazing. Because you know we we're we're at this place now where you know we've we've had to make a system that works for two dimensional virtual tabletops that still allows for three dimensional movement rules wise. Mm. And you know it would be it would be amazing to have you know a space where you know like you said you can take a, a sure, vessel. And and move it about in in, in a three dimensional space. I think that that would be incredible. And I, I I love also by the way. I just have to commend you guys as well because something that we have talked about at length is you know this whole you know we we have created a modular shipbuilding system and a website that will allow you to generate ships based on parts and things that you choose. Hmm. But the one thing that we haven't worked out yet is how to then turn that into either art or a three dimensional stl or you know what whatever whatever you want to call it do you know what i mean in, in how do you, how do you put all those if you have a, a you know a list of an inven inventory parts of parts list. yeah people can laundry yeah. list select them put them together how does that frankenstein looking ship like come to life in a in a 3d module yeah right. um, and i think so you know i just have to say from the stuff that i've seen that you guys are doing with you know the ships and 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 um you know i've seen some like what what, what would you call them not like um not ships, they're like, uh, shit, I don't know, like galleons and stuff like that. Galleons, right, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The people have created look incredible based on yeah. the parts that you've provided and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, I, I'll tell you on our end, you know, it, it, it inspired me and, and, and also made me feel like this sense of like, holy shit, it's actually possible. <laughs> like like this, yeah. this, this idea that is wild and out there is, is actually possible. So, I've, you know, I've got to say that's awesome. I, I, I wanted to ask, you know, you guys talk about you guys are gamers and you guys have you know you're game devs you're working with unity for years you guys love art you love D D and stuff what like inspires you guys like what like when you guys are out watching stuff or you know playing games or you know what what out there at the moment is inspiring you guys and keeping you you know in that creative space to keep churning out and making this into you know an even more badass version than it was a month ago and you know and so on and so forth you know as, as years pass before you answer just on our end our like the thing that recently has blown our minds is the, the new spider-man movie it's just been like yeah. wow that's that's possible like that i mean of course the resources are are completely a different story but just the 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 storytelling ability the, the, the ability to create something like that yeah, is, is hmm. yeah on, on your end what, what's what's the thing that's sexy for you right now well yeah yeah right um yeah so i mean you know I, I, as it is art inspires art right so you know mm. um and i'm pretty fickle so it can it can go <laughs> from day to day uh it could be uh like a dungeon synth tune that i heard or it could be you know like the new 40k warhammer 40k stuff that's coming out you know and just kind mm. of rekindling 
you know, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, that would make me be like, okay, guys, we need to make some futuristic, you know, dark assets, you know, like, you know, uh, and yeah, yeah. We need to make some more assets and things like that, which, uh, you know, and and that kind of stuff. So the interest, the really cool thing about Tailspire is the fact that it is like a sandbox and it's not only in, not only in its execution, like on the table, you know, in play and stuff like that, but also, in development it's it's a pretty open sandbox it's not like we have you know it's not like super mario brothers where we have like you know levels one through eight and like you know and we have everything defined and this is what you're going to do and this is these are the assets we need and everything like that it's you know at a certain point it's it's like well hey what do you what do you want to fucking work on man you know mm. yeah i mean it can you know it could be like a new tune if you wanted to or if it could be some new sound effects it could be some like you know of course new features um it could be and, and, and as far as the art assets it's just like man, just you know, pull them out of anywhere, just you know, whatever. Cause we need everything, right. You know, we yeah, need everything. Yeah. We're building worlds and and not only in like, you know, medieval fantasy, but also, you know, modern and then futuristic. So um, the cool thing is, is that we can get, we can grab inspiration from, you know, almost anything and, mm. uh, and throw it in there. So to your point, it's like, you know, if, if Spider-Man was really inspiring, which it is, of course, uh, it, it is an inspiring uh, film. Um we could we'd just be like dude let's just like let's put this aside let's start working on some superhero stuff you know what i'm saying and, and like yeah we, we could we could totally do that and that's that's what's really cool about you know developing uh this project and mm. you know the inspiration never really ceases to stop because of that again if we were working on a very dedicated time um timeline or or, or uh space and time where it's just like oh yeah we're working on something that's you know in the 17th century and it has to be this and Mm. you know and so you do go to see the new spider-man you can't put any of that stuff in there you know what i'm saying unless yeah unless it was in a dream or something (laughs) you know um so that's what's really cool about um tailspire and that's you know like yeah i just personally i I just grab it like i said i'm fickle i'll grab inspiration from just about anything Mm, that's awesome what about you johnny well, uh, when it comes to Tailspire itself, I think, um, yeah, so I think that my majority of the inspiration that comes to me daily is just from going to the Discord and, and looking at the show and tell um, mm-hmm. channel because the amount of creative solutions yeah. that people mm. like do using the, uh, the sets inside of Tailspire to create like completely unrelated things is just mm. mind blowing. <laughs> And, and a lot of the times it's like, oh, they use these aspects to create this thing that we should probably have in the game. Well, maybe we should make this thing yeah, so yeah, that yeah, they yeah. don't have to do that, right? But it's so as far as like Tailspire and stuff specifically, I think that's that's probably my my biggest source of inspiration is just like mm-hmm. seeing what, what people are doing, what they have uh, currently. As far as like on the wider aspect, yeah, like I, I play a ton of, like video games and things like that. Um, I think on the tabletop role-playing game uh, side of things, like sh- like Shadow Dark is really exciting to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And that's actually nice. what we were talking about, like playing internally. Um, I, I think uh. doing doing that, like the just what seemingly simplicity of the rules and how that can sort of translate into tales, but it's really exciting. Yes. Uh, on like uh, on on the video game side, uh, there's way too many games at the moment that inspire. <laughs> like I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, amazing. Yeah. I've uh, picked up like Street Fighter 
six uh, and playing through just the world mode, which is incredibly Love. silly. Uh, <laughs> world tour, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's like Yakuza, but with less drama. It's, it's great. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we've been, uh, yeah, Hannah and I, uh, my wife, and also uh, one of the artists in the company, uh, we've been uh, trying uh, Diablo 4, uh, mm-hmm. which yes. she's probably more excited about than I am. But it's, <laughs> and, and that's, that's such a great because the assets there are superb, mm. and because I, I I was looking at um, Diablo Four while playing it because we were playing it on the PlayStation at the time. This was during the beta phase, and I think okay, I have to pick it up on PC just to sort of like look at these assets more. Mm. Uh, and the great thing about the PC is that you can actually zoom in. You can't do that mm. on the PlayStation, so I yeah. zoomed in, oh, and it's like. Oh, these are inc- these are incredibly old techniques. There's nothing fancy going on here. It's just mm. insanely good uh, asset textures, models, yeah. and things like yeah. that, which is uh, which was amazing. And just the creature design and stuff like that. And speaking of creature design, I've also just started playing Final Fantasy um, 16, uh, which yeah, and all of the Final Fantasy games are just the creature designs and things like that. Are, are, yeah, they were amazing. Did so, you sleep? Oh, <laughs> uh, on occasion, like once in a while, like every three days. I don't know. I was going to actually ask because you know I have a sim, sim like it. What what I kind of the vibe that I'm getting, and you you can correct me if I'm wrong. But do you have this issue that I seem to have as well, where now that we make video stuff and I work on like writing, you know, plots and things like that, I start dissecting the stuff that I'm trying to enjoy instead of like sitting there and enjoying it a lot of the time. I'm like, oh, this is great. But like, you know, like you said, you're like, wait, let me just zoom in and see that barrel one second and then and, and see what's going on with that barrel. Like, like do you what's find behind your... the scenes? How did they do yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you find yeah. yourself dissecting things now that you're in this position? So um, I've, I've been doing video games now for, let's see, how am I? for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So there is a time frame, and I, just, I don't know if this happens with everyone, um, mm-hmm. but I, I think it might happen to some people. There was approximately like 10 years where I just, I scrutinized everything. Everything that I saw is like, oh, okay, this is how they did that. And like, oh, I wonder how they did that. And then it's like, okay, that doesn't look that great. Why doesn't mm. that look great? And then it's sort of like every time that I would, and I stopped enjoying things. I stopped mm. enjoying like movies. I stopped enjoying, especially video games to the point mm. where I couldn't just, um, and uh, I say ten years. It's actually more recent than that. I think it was the release of the release of um, of Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. that sort of had this shift for me. Yeah, uh, where I went into that game and I just I it was the first time in such a long time that I felt like a kid playing a video game because I knew I knew nothing about the game. I deliberately not learned anything about it prior mm-hmm. to going in there. It's just exploring, and at that point something clicked, and it's like I'm just going to enjoy things. Yeah. And I did. I did mention Diablo Four, which was, which was actually a point where I went in and and, and zoomed in. And mm. I do do that. I, I buy games specifically to look at them now. Yeah. But when I sit down to enjoy a video game, I stop thinking about like story beats. I stop thinking about what the assets look like and stuff like that. It inspires me, but I hand I separated those things. So I have my time for enjoyment, and then I have mm. a time for analysis, basically. Mm. And mm. I highly recommend doing that because I find that <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that this is going to happen to everyone, but I find myself I find myself 
analyzing things to the point where I wasn't enjoying it. And that, mm. that took away some joy uh, out of my life, basically. Mm, so yeah, keep like just keep a watch watchful eye on on the the analysis <laughs> part and maybe set on up that, some time for it. On that, that that equilibrium. Uh, I got a question just to, uh, kind of behind the scenes, Telspire, because we're you know we're a small little outfit, um, homie and the dude. We have a few people on our team, and we're in this phase of um, well, it's kind of a depending on how this Kickstarter goes, it could be more consolidation, it could be more growth, those types of things. But when we consider that, we look at our, you know, our team and what things are really, um, what things are important to us to get to the next level. When when we look at, you know, key members of our team and what we need, pieces that we need to bring in, talent that we need to bring in, those types of things. When you look at your team, and I'm assuming is either growing or hopefully will be growing in the future, um, what things are most important to you when you, you know, when you sit down and you consider, do we want this person? Badass on? beard. A badass beard, first of all. <laughs> you pull out, you pull out the ruler. And you're, okay, that's, yeah. that's two and a half. That's two and a half centimeters. I don't know if that's going to cut it. <laughs> no, but like, if you if you had one thing or one or two things that you're like, you know, these are the things that we need. These are the things that are going to be super important for us to get to the next level. What are those that you look at in uh, in potential future uh, employees or members of the team? Um, one of the things I should say about like us expanding the team is that we've only expanded the team when the part that they're serving becomes such a, let's call it a big problem for us. Like when we were truly seeing that we need someone to fill this space, we need someone to actually do this now because it's getting, it's getting to the point where it's affecting the other stuff, the aspects of actually developing the game. So that's been most of the parts when we've expanded the game, or the uh, team. Um, the original like members of the team were basically because we we worked together and things like that. Because we started out uh, with with five people basically, mm-hmm. and that was the team for a very long time, up until quite recently. How and many then are on the team now? Uh, we are eight people at various sort of like uh, uh, percentage of employment, I guess. Um, yeah. And the so the moment we see something that's yeah okay we really need someone to fill this position and that's when we've sort of gone and, and looked for people. Uh, but to say that we've looked for people has also been a little bit of a um, an overstatement because we have we have so many people that's been incredible like an absolute joy to work with in in other aspects of it. So whenever we've been needing someone, we we basically We've, we've had so many helpful people who would like we would love to work with and that would love to work with us that we've been able to to pick from. So we've been incredibly fortunate. And that, those are just people that we know gel well with us as a team and that are just really good people. And that's incredibly important. I don't know if you have something to add to that. Uh, uh, no, I mean, other than, you know, yeah, like Johnny said, uh, most of the people that we've, you know, hired, um, have been you know, moderators from our, you know, mm. yeah, from our Discord, um, who were already knowledgeable people that we got along with, and uh, it's just been a, it's been, you know, just kind of a natural fit and uh, transition for them. And it's just like he said, yeah, it's just when you really, when the project starts to suffer in certain ways because you're doing these other things, or you know, this hasn't been, this hasn't been addressed. Yeah, that's when it's usually time to. Um, 
that's when it's usually time to kind of like, you know, maybe start looking and uh, that's, you know, whether it's, you know, not keeping up with support tickets um, because, you know, you're just too, you know, you're slammed with assets because you're at, you're creating it because, you know, we have a very small team and when you have a project like this, it's, it, you know, people wear a lot of hats, right. You know, and, uh, (laughs) and when you have large ambitions and those ambitions don't really match up well with time and, you know, resources. Yeah. Things can, that's, that's when you really need to start, you know, looking to expand and yeah, you know, it's, it is really just about, you know, it's about the right people. You can always kind of, I forget who, maybe uh, I forget who it was, but somebody we used to work with, I think said like, you want, you, you want the right people. You can always hire the best people. And what I think what he meant by that is, you know, if, if, you have a core team and you're looking to expand your core team. You want it to be the right people. But if you're looking for a specific particular like thing to be done that nobody on the, you know, you can always just go out and contract someone, you know, and uh, you can contract the best and they don't really have to be, you know, super jailed with you or anything like that. It's just, you know, a, uh, a thing like that. So, you know, we'll, core teams always looking for the right people, you know, kind of like, kind of like if you were to have a, a tabletop group, you know what I'm saying? Something that lasted yeah. a long time. Yeah. You're not going to have somebody who's just always against the grain and uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, what, um, what, what like into, to dive into that a little bit deeper, what for you guys constitutes specifically for, for the tail spire team, what constitutes the right person? Like, is it a level of passion? Is it a level of knowledge? Is it a level of uh, wanting to learn and wanting to like progress and willingness to learn and, and, and things? What, what for you guys is like the, the base criteria for the right person or at least a couple of those base criteria? Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a hard question. It's a hard, it's a hard question. question. It's, it's, it, is, it, is, it is because um, we... I guess like we, we are, we are generally like running on instinct when that comes, yeah. when it comes to that. And yeah, we're not really, we don't have like a, a laundry list of, you know, mm-hmm. we're not looking at resumes or anything like that. It's almost like we we've known these people for long enough to get a good mm-hmm. idea about who they are, what they are. Um, and again, that's, it's very fortunate. We're very fortunate to be in that position where we don't have to go and, you know, have people submit their resumes and have to go over, you know, piles of, you know, cause I, yeah, that would be very difficult, um, to find, you know, a, the right person. Um, yeah, we've been very fortunate to kind of like be around these folks who over time have exhibited, you know, the same kind of values, um, you know, like you said, passion and, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, just, that kind of those kind of values that we have in yeah (laughs) yeah 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 it's um yeah i think it's it's not like yeah uh, passion and also like it's um as as i mentioned it's been yeah we've we've been like fortunate enough to to already know a lot of yeah know those people and and sort of gel well with them uh the uh we obviously need someone who knows knows something about the work that they're going to do, uh, because and also be quite flexible in the sense that uh, we we still require people to often wear a lot of different hats and sort of like mm. be able to do other things. Like also, if you're exciting, like if you're excited to learn about things, 
that's important and, and to be able to just play around with stuff. Uh, but it's also incredibly important to us that you would like whatever thing that you would be joining the team to do, or like your prime, your prime thing is that you just really enjoy doing those things and yeah. uh, that, that you're going to be happy working on those things and happy sort of working with us is, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great list. Of, it's, of things. It really is. Yeah. That's what really we, is. We've been kind of coming up with, you know, you, you're right. You can't come up with, uh, you know, a, a, a tick box, you know, no. exercise, but it is a lot of it is feel, but there are some basic things that if they don't have that thing, there's a chance that there's probably a decent chance that it's probably not going to work in, to some respect. To, to yeah. We're, we're yeah. coming up to um, to the end of our time here, and I just have one little quick one for you. Um, Dimension 20, um, use Tailspire for a campaign. What is a highlight that each of you had, whether it was talking to someone or working with them or whatever, just a little highlight that you had with working with the Dimension 20 team? Yeah, so I must admit, I pretty much hogged that entire thing <laughs> um, in the sense of, uh, I, I was, yeah, they primarily, like the primary person working on it. So I did have, uh, a lot of help from a lot of the team, like yeah. uh, the entire team um, in places where it was needed. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, I probably should have shared that a little bit more because I got to sit in on a lot of the taping and things. And that was yeah. incredible. The The stuff that I was probably most, and I don't know why I thought this was the case because it's a recorded show, <laughs> which means that um, they could edit, like edit the hell out of it, right? Mm. But how little it was edited was what yeah. blew my mind as in just how they would sit down and they would just play it out yeah. you would have a team sitting out like with tailspire there was a team sitting behind them just playing like doing everything live as they yeah. were setting like as they were doing things in in, in tailspire and just like filming they would have the um the director being in game at the same time, just taking shots and, and things like that. Mm. The one thing they did add a lot of, uh, like later, was they would redo a bunch of the shots inside the Tailspire to make them more dynamic and things like that. But yeah. it was amazing okay. how much of just the real time things that happened in Tailspire also made it into the show. So I'm mm. incredibly impressed by the people there. Um, and I think it was like also just having them go into Tailspire. Because this was happening actually before it went out into early access. So we were still in beta at that point. And uh, they reached out and we were able to talk to them. And we had like people come in and demo Tailspire. So we would run demos for people. Yeah. And we did a demo. And it's like, oh, this is so awesome. And we, and we should like do another demo for different people. I think we ended up doing like five demos or something like that <laughs> crazy, and yeah. every time every single person from every like every demo was there it just grew from being like three people in the beginning to becoming like 10 people or something yeah. so every time they were just like oh you gotta come and see this thing yeah. and they're just so warm and yeah. incredibly excited yeah. about things and yeah having brendan come on and and just sort of be so incredibly sincerely excited was was uh, warming, um, but I can I can see why so many people want to uh, do things with with Dimension Twenty and with like uh, that company as a whole because they're they're a lot of fun to work with. Yeah, that's kick ass, guys. And for, first of all, let me just say congratulations on that. That whole you know show was amazing, and you know your 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 system added a lot to it. And you know you actually mentioned something that is something we've been 
talking about on our end and i would i i was kind of you know um we haven't you know dived into tailspire ourselves at any point but i wanted to ask you guys you know the capabilities you mentioned the directors in tailspire getting shots and things like that and doing that kind of stuff you know the possibilities within uh creating entertainment within tailspire like how much do you guys allow for you know is there like a you know a director mode or something <laughs> where you can free cam and like you know do this kind of stuff and move yeah. it around and zoom in on things do you have a a, a section for that oh that's funny you ask well there's there's a, a couple of things so for just moving around doing it live mm. um mm. we have um we have photo modes so in photo mode mm -hmm. you can choose different camera modes and one of them is like free cam and you can fly around uh, with the without the restrictions of the assume like uh, the uh, the angle that you do in, in game mode and that allows you to go and and just yes zooming on things uh, pan the camera and and also do modify the uh, the atmosphere separate from what's actually happening in the game. Do things like focus and uh, use the uh, depth of field. So that's uh, a way of doing it, and that's been the way of doing it. Um, what what Dimension Twenty had uh, is a tool that we created internally, which is still mm -hmm. running in the game called the sequencer. Mm -hmm. And the sequencer is a way for you to. Um, basically go in and create um, clips for character movement, for character interaction, but also set up camera curves that is repeatable. So you have a timeline similar to you would have in a, a video editor software, yeah. and then you can set up these events that happens. So I, I gave a branch to Dimension 20 so they could use that for their yeah. after game shots, basically. And Shawbox, the guy who worked on those shots and also was the in-game director, did uh, he made like like hundreds and hundreds of shots in yeah. this and he seemed to absolutely love it the uh, the sequencer and uh he even taught me things about it that i didn't know and i i coded the thing with like how yeah. to do like an ease out of a camera you can just like hack it a little bit like placing like a pin here and a pin there and then it's like eases into the camera so yeah. he got really into it and that was fantastic he was great to work with um the reason why uh, Jason just mentioned that is funny. You sh should ask about that. Is because I'm currently working on making an experimental version of it, which is mm -hmm. a more stable version, but not like full release version. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be put into the game as an experimental thing, meaning that you can enable it and then you can go into the sequencer mode. At which point you can sort of set up camera uh, curves and camera cuts, and also uh, set up like camera like creature movements and creature emotes, creature attacks, and all of those things uh, on a timeline. And then you can play it back and, and sort of record that, um, so which we hope is going to like help people. Because there has been people making content like this uh, on yeah. YouTube with Tailspire. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, I love seeing them. And mm. I'd love to see a lot more of them. So, hope, so hopefully giving people these tools to be able to do that is going to allow more people to make entertaining videos using Tailspire. 100%. We've been we've been looking at a way to, you know, get our long form, you know, actual plays, you know, an episode can go anywhere from these days 30 minutes to freaking 5 hours if you're oh, yeah. to roll. Um and uh and you know, some people don't want to sit and watch 5 hours, do you know what I mean? Some people right. want to, you know, you click on a short video. So, you know, we've been looking at a way to possibly, you know, 
condense our stuff down into a semi-animated version and you know based off of you know what i'd seen from dimension 20 and you know what we the research we did for this podcast and whatnot i i think tailspire sounds like a place that 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 makes that feasible and also the fact that you can like i'm not sure how much you guys have realized like programming in those camera curves allow for like you could then in post do so much with like adding in effects and things like that because you have that like that locked motion um that's wild dude like like i'm not sure whether you guys meant to do that but that is that's a huge step man having those locked camera curves is massive it's uh yeah also interesting that because that's something i didn't realize when we made Mm. because we made this to to do the originally to do the um early access with east trail and then Mm. we did a bunch of these uh like short videos over over time when we did releases it was a lot of fun but it it was taking a bit of time, so we sort of stopped doing them eventually, which is a shame because it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, my point was when Dimension 20 started using it, they immediately saw, oh, well, if we can repeat this camera movement, we can do all sorts of things. Yeah. And uh, like fading creatures in and stuff like that wasn't there before and sort of like yeah. adding a bunch of visual effects. And I hadn't considered that as being an option, but yeah, that's absolutely a thing we can do. Um, so so there are, having said that, there are, like certain things that aren't um, just deterministic inside of the game. Like if you're throwing a magic missile, unfortunately, that's not going to have the same curvature every time. Yeah, um, yeah. That's something I might have to like add a, like because now it's a random seed. So they probably could feed a random, like a seed into it to be able mm. to repeat the same one. Uh, uh, mm. But that's something, uh, maybe toggle if it switch. becomes like a, yeah, toggle yeah. switch, yeah. Exactly. So that might be a thing that, um, that can at least consider for the future if, if people like put in a, a request for it. The, we'll um, the sequencer, yeah, cool. Uh, the sequencer itself, um, as I said, it's going to be experimental. That doesn't mean that it's uh, mm. not usable, but it also means that we're not we're not going to support it the way like we do the full game. Mm. Hopefully, mm. in the future, we can do a sequencer that's like properly designed and not something that I put together over like four days to make a thing. Because um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's uh, <laughs> the the fact that Dimension Twenty was able to use it so well is a credit to them, and I was I was so apologetic for them, and they were just going, "Well, well, this is awesome. You basically made it really easy for us." Uh, yeah. But for people to use it in in the real world, we have to have it a little bit more stable, and that's the part that I'm working on at the moment. Even yeah. though I'm not going to focus too much on performance like we do on the rest of the game, and I'm not going to focus too much on like uh, usability to the point where it's like this is perfect. Uh, but that's why we're going to add it as an experimental feature. But it's going to be fun to see what people do. Dude, that's kick ass! I, I can't tell you how uh, how excited that makes me. <laughs> um, that's 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 awesome. That awesome. Just just amazing that I, again. I think you know something you mentioned, Jason, was just the the sandboxness of the dev side as well as also you know within Tailspire itself in the game itself. You know your ability to just hop and do different things and the fact that you know you're like okay cool we're working with d20 we need to give them this kind of thing create this and then out the end of it you're like oh okay that that actually could be a thing you know is is awesome i i, I just love the process that you guys are on and i just have to say you know from our end as as people who are diving into our own stuff it's not game development in a, in a, in a, in a you know, it's not that freaking complex, but, um, you know, I appreciate that. And it's something that inspires me massively, guys. I think what, what you're doing is super kick-ass. And the fact that, you know, again, with the WotC stuff, you're like, ah, fuck it. We're on our own journey. We're just going to, we're, we're going down the path that we're going down. And that's, <laughs> that's going to be what it's going to be. And I think, yeah, yeah. you know, to, to me, that's, it's, 
commendable. It's something that I, you know, that I look up to in, in this industry massively because so many other people are just, you know, jumping on trying to trying to like match, trying to meet the trends of, of the time. And I, I love the fact that you guys are like, we, we're going to deliver this as and when it's ready and we're going to work through it and we're going to add things and, you know, grow it in this way. That means that it's just beautiful and modular and sandboxy and just wonderful for everyone. Got to say, guys, I'm super excited about Tailspire and the future of, of what you guys are doing. I'm, I'm super hyped. Um, well, with that being right. said, we'll, uh, we'll I'll hand it over to you guys for a little bit. If you guys want to like plug yourselves on socials, if you guys are about for people to ask you questions or your Discord server, things like that, where can people find information about Tailspire? Where can they ask questions? And uh, where can they get the game itself? Yeah, so I mean, Tailspire.com would be the, uh, the place to start, which is going to take you to things like uh, yeah, the Discord channel, and also a link to the game, which is currently available in early access on Steam. Uh, you can also get from Tailsfire into bouncerworld.com, which also features the uh, development logs, which is primarily Chris, to be fair, but now also a lot of other developers have gone in and sort of like just writing logs of what's going on and the challenges that we're having from like, uh, yeah, from just basically the almost sometimes on a daily uh, basis, sometimes on a weekly basis, but just challenges that we're dealing with. That's also where we post a lot of, uh, about the new releases. Um, in, and uh, yeah, you can, as I said, you can get to Discord. That's probably where the community is the most active. And um, mm. we also have a Twitter account on the Tailspire that's sort of active as well. Um, the, uh, other than that, I would, I would really want to just, yeah, uh, thank, thank the rest of the team as well. Uh, that's not here at the moment because uh, it's yeah we're so incredibly fortunate to be working on this project and to be working with uh, like just the most amazing group of people, yeah. and uh, and that also extends to the moderators. On moderators, the thank you. Uh, and uh, the team, like the the community as a whole, to be fair, but yes, it's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Damn, you, you like I've got to say, guys, you're uh, you're doing it right, and uh, it's awesome to hear some people shouting out their team as well. That's uh, that's some kick-ass stuff there, guys. Um, I appreciate you both coming on so so much. As uh, as always, we've been Homie and the Dude, the father and son TTRPG and MMA team. Um, for us, please join our our Discord server as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, we've got an awesome, inclusive, diverse, safe space there for people to interact about TTRPGs and. Uh, and mixed martial arts as well as also just shoot the shit, which is uh, what we're all about. Um, <laughs> and uh, other than that, please, please, please go check out our Sky Zephyr's Kickstarter. Um, it is a brand new way to experience battle with vehicles in your D&D worlds, um, as well as also check out our vehicle builder application that will be live hopefully when we post this. Um, and um, it will be a beautiful, amazing space where you can go in and create and build your very own custom modifiable vehicles that you can then get stat blocks for and all that good stuff. But guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It has been thank an you. absolute pleasure to talk to both of you and uh, look forward to chatting to you in the future, hopefully. Awesome. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank you so much for watching this podcast. We really, really hope you enjoyed. Um, 
if you are interested in joining our journey as we continue here at Homie and the Dude, you can join our community on Discord where we give out loads of behind the scenes content, share early teasers and things like that, as well as also just interact and have just a beautiful space for uh, community members to you know, spend time and, uh, and interact with each other, which is lovely. Um, as well as that, we also currently have our newsletter of holding. It's the best way to keep up to date with all the content that we're currently creating, anything new, that we will be working on, things like new projects, new streams, all that kind of stuff. Primarily at the moment, you can get updates from our Airship Combat Kickstarter that will be coming out soon, um, and that is all in our newsletter of holding. Not to mention, you also get a free D&D supplement from it as well, so it's a great one. All of those links will be down in the description, so um, if you've got the time, check them out. Otherwise, we hope you have a really, really awesome day. Thank you so much for watching, homie and the dude, and we'll catch you next time.